0: Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by Cattanseri Financial Services with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. I'm Tim Priester. We are off the bye week and into Navy Week. Notre we moves up to number three with Ohio State's loss at Purdue, convincing loss at Purdue. Um, we're going the uh, the college football playoff poll will be coming out after this weekend. Is that correct? Yeah, after week, this weekend, week from tomorrow. And um so that'll be that'll be Lightning Nordaim of course travels to Navy this week San Diego. San Diego County what's SDCCU San Diego County Credit Union Credit Union is exactly what it is <laughs> okay. stadium. Used to be Jack Murphy Stadium, used to be Qualcomm it's Stadium. Not, it's not
1: Qualcomm anymore, huh? It's not. No. Did you know you but who gets the credential that was it the Holiday Bowl? Yes.
2: Yes, I don't know what's the going. It's it's
0: where um it's where San Diego State plays their home games in case anybody was wondering. Yeah. Unless you're going, you're not probably not wondering. But we want to talk about that. We want to talk a little bit about Navy because we'll go in deeper of course on Wednesday. By the way, we'll be recording our podcast on Wednesday because some people have to leave early for San Diego. Have to leave early. Oh, that was me. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that that's, insists that's upon been that. I leave on Thursday, so we'll do the podcast on wednesday and talk a little bit more about navy but today we're gonna we're going to uh, a little bit overdue because last week was the bye week but just talk about who we think nor dame's mvps were through the first half quote half of the season up to the bye week actually seven games most improved and surprise. we differentiate most improved and surprised by most improved is a guy that was was playing was fairly prominent and surprise is just kind of out of nowhere so um Let's start with MVPs with you guys. Start on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Ian Book, four games is enough. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Four games is enough to be uh, the nation's best completion percentage. Top, I think he's is he eighth in passing efficiency right now. Um, yeah, he would be my offensive MVP because he just re- was a revelation for everything that Notre Dame wanted to do out, on that
1: side. Shout cool. out to not only not only is four games enough. Four games is enough because he's being compared to all four-game players. Like Alex Bars, who played four and a half games, who could have been the guy. Dexter Williams, who has had a huge impact in four games. Jafar Armstrong, who had a major impact in four games. It's name Dame's need, other than Alex Barrs. ideally. These yeah. three guys, the best players on the offense, will all be together. Forward the that's why I say.
0: I mean, shout out. You, you mentioned it, Tim. Shout out to, to Alex Bars. If he had he not been injured, he could be. He your would, seven be, the, game he he would yeah. be the MVP through seven games. But Notre Dame's not number three in the country. Notre Dame's not looking at a playoff bid if if Ian Book is not the quarterback. I think that's it's realistic say, to say that. Defensively, you really have, you have <laughs> you've options. got a bunch. You have a bunch of options. You have a bunch from which to choose. Um, I'll go last, you guys. For me, it's Tillery. Me too. Um, yeah. I just think it's like the nature of the position
2: is is what gets him over the line there. Because I think that even for how much attention has been given to the Hurries, however you count it, for Kareem and Hayes and Okwara. He and, has them too, though. To yeah. yeah but if it, but and if, seven sacks. <laughs> if Notre Dame's interior was Bonner and Bonner, I don't think the hurries on the outside would be even close to what yeah. they are. I think he's just like, once you have an elite defensive tackle, everything else is better because of that, and that's why Tillery would be my MVP.
0: All right, so we may have several options from which to choose, but we're all picking Tillery is the you know When Shaq's your center, man, these guys are great shooters. I wonder why they're always open. Yeah, It's got something no, to do with exactly. the guy in the middle. Of- and, that, and that's why Notre Dame has one of the best defenses in the country because there are options from which to choose there. But I agree. When you're great in the middle of the line, you have a great, you have a chance to be great at a lot of things. Who's your number two?
1: That's more interesting. Who's your number two on defense this year? Because mm-hmm. Tillery makes it work.
2: So who is your two? I think it love. I think to go tranquil or Coney, I think would sort of be overthinking it a little bit. Um, just because Love is so good at his position, like he is all American good. Like when people are asking me for my all American ballots. I write down Tillery and Love. I don't even think about putting down Coney and Tranquil because while I like them and I think they're good players, I know for sure there are better linebackers out there. With Tillery and Love, I'm not sure there are better players out there. That's a good positions. way of putting
0: it because Tillery's six six three oh five and is. I mean, I can't believe that I'm saying this two years after you know his sophomore season. I, he is a fir- he is potentially a first round draft choice. He has. Everything that you're looking for in a three technique, who also can play defensive end in a three-four, so it gives you even more versatility. That's why this defense is the key to is the key to seven and zero. Oh. There are guys
1: like Tillery and Love that are headliners, which allows the most impactful guy out of note, guys like Julian Aquara to have great a great year so far. Khalid Kareem to have great great games fighting through ankle injury, an ankle injury or multiple. Same ankle injury, right. you know, it, and Tavon Coney and Drew Tranquil have had really, really good years too. But it's, I think, I agree with Pete and you, Tim, that those are the differentiators. Yep. And to illustrate love, we were sitting there, and he got beat by Pittsburgh. On the, he had he held the ball would have been incomplete probably on a go route, mm-hmm. yeah. and he just thought, I oh, man.
0: It happened to Julian Love? Like, all he did was get beat and hold once. It's not yeah.
1: that big. You know, that, it wasn't like he was torched. And the
0: pass was probably overthrown and it wouldn't have been That's caught. the guy. Yeah, you think, wow, he he
1: made a mental mistake on top of his. How is it even humanly possible? That's how good he has been. Yeah. All right, who do you have
2: for most improved? Uh, I Miles Boykin for me offensively. Because I think Brian Kelly was trying to be yeah. upfront about, like, how good he was, but then also at the same time, by the way, he only has like eight catches. Right. Um, so he was he was trying to like kind of have it both ways with Boykin. Um, but in the off season, you know, talking to people in around the the weight room, they said that he is every bit the athlete that Chase Claypool was and put up incredible numbers and really. By the way, people don't believe that. They think he's. I know strong. they don't. Yeah, um, they don't. And I'm not sure I, I did either until you know you hear it from people who have like really no. Dog, the and, dog in the fight, like <laughs> yeah. um that you trust. So that was that was notable and I, I think that what's happened to him when Ian Books come on has been uh has been pretty remarkable. I think he looks like an alpha type of personality within Nuriam's offense and I, I don't think I thought he had that in him in terms of the personality. You agree with uh, that pick? Yeah, I would go do with you have? I would go with Boykin as well. Uh, but I
1: do think a lot of it's book. Um that's the state state of things right now obviously as we we kind of joke podcast the most improved player on the offense is Ian Book but he can't win all these awards Um, so Boykin's my choice you go down the line though because Chris Fink was a bit receiver last year that no one thought should be he's a playmaker now Alizé Mack, we used to re- make fun of Alizé Mack blocking. Now he blocks. That is his call. I card. figured Chip Long it's, just
0: didn't like Chris Fink or didn't like a smaller yeah. receiver and was looking for an alternative. He certainly did last year. They have a lot of good,
1: improved players. But Boykin, I think Alpha Dog was the key. I think as Tillery, not not to this extent, but as Tillery makes everybody around him better, Boykin probably is the one of those receivers that is making Claypool and Fink and the tight ends a little better. Yeah. Because he's beating, he's beating top coverage on the boundary and making big, game-winning plays.
0: I agree. It's a sweep there. And I think, I mean, I think give Matt Bayless a lot of credit because that's why he is. That's why he's a better athlete or is running better than he did before. Certainly, and Book helps him a lot. But I thought what was impressive was, you know, here's a game against Pittsburgh where press coverage would have taken him out of the game from start to finish. But it didn't. In fact, not only did it not take him out of it, he made the game win play. And a perfect throw from Book, but still, shot by Dane Jackson, a good a good corner, who held him, and then the ball was right on target. So we're in agreement there. Who do you have defensively? I said before the year it would be Khalid Kareem, so I'll go with Khalid Kareem. Yeah, it's a good call, and I have a core because I think he's the best.
1: I think he went from being, that guy looks like he could be pretty good to being one of the best edge rushers in the country. But Kareem's had a great year. Yeah,
0: and I think those are good choices, but mine definitely is Jalen Elliott. I never thought that he would be the player that he's become this year. He's been consistent. He's been good against the pass. He's become a good tackler. He he was yanked from the Citrus Bowl because of a, an awful tackle attempt. Um, you know, I mean, I thought, I mean, I thought, I thought Kareem would be a good player this year. Yeah, I, I thought O'Quara's would be a little bit would be stronger and would be a good pass rusher. I just so think I'm they're not, so good,
1: like they are the no, reason. They are, no, they're they are contending. Yeah,
0: and Notre Dame having having pass rush, I mean, legitimate big time pass rush defensive ends. We just don't see that very no. often. Elliot is in another dimension that I thought was even possible after last
1: year well he could be benched we were none of us thought Kareem or aquaro could be benched this year by somebody else whereas Jelly Elliot certainly in August right. could have been benched by now right right, right. yeah that so that's a good that, okay. it, it, I think we're looking at different levels of, of achievement too from benchable to whoa he could play to these guys should be fine to are they all Americans or what's going on yeah. here <laughs>
0: that's yeah. kind of the right. Right. Driving force behind a great defense, no doubt. Well, and on several different levels you can say that. All right, biggest surprise. Tom um, Tommy Kramer. I mean surprises aren't always good. You, you oh. love you no. love the
1: the no, angle. Just, you did this yeah. for a preseason thing yeah. with basketball too. You're like, uh oh, the biggest surprise will be in the basketball tier or something yeah. like And it went bad. Yeah. You love the angle of making them bad. Well I'm just like <laughs>
2: I, I thought I he would it. be a good yeah. player. Um, you know, I didn't think he'd be Quentin Nelson. I, I think overall he's really struggled this year. So that I that was when I looked at at the beginning of the year it's like, okay, where are some weak spots on Notre Dame's offense or roster in general? Like Kramer was kinda not that high on my list of like concern points and I I've been surprised about how inconsistently he's played this year. So he's a surprise. Do
0: you have a a good surprise? (laughs) A good surprise. Because, you know, The outline doesn't say good surprise. Because we're uh, so uh, negative on... Yeah. I uh, was told that Ian had a good surprise. Yeah, Yeah, no, no. he's a very good surprise. (laughs) You
2: know, a good surprise, I would say, uh, probably Alizé Mack settling into more of an all-around tight end from where he was as more of a a kind of a, a jumbo receiver, I guess. Those and not be, a, and not a good jumbo receiver. Yeah, those would yeah. be my two surprises. I would say Alize Mack being a
1: solid all around tight end that you you don't think should they sub him out anymore? Like he might. He's had a couple plays where he didn't make the play, but he's been a solid player now. And aside from Ian Book, he would be my choice. Yeah. I don't have positive surprises on the offensive line though. Hainsy since Michigan has been Robert Hainsy again, but I always thought he was good. Until the Michigan game, where he played kind of, yeah, you know, he, yeah, he's just
0: nothing surprising. He's
1: a guy I got a shout out back to to most improve since the beginning of the year when he couldn't walk and was destroyed wow. in that game. I'm
0: not sure. I I, I don't agree with that. <laughs> Hainsey, you don't know, think improved since the beginning of the first not after games. not after the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. game? No, I don't. I don't. I mine definitely so is negative. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. I I, I I was I was informed of how negative our podcasts are, and I said that's interesting because there have there's three of us. Seven games, so that's twenty-one picks, and we picked Notre Dame. In I think because we picked of them all to go nine and three this year. Well, I understand yeah. that, but you know, I mean, we're, we're just like last year when they went We're trying to be, three. we're trying to be legitimate <laughs> journalists here and <laughs> and tell you what we think. But uh, Jafar Armstrong's definitely my choice for the biggest surprise. Uh, he was trending into not only a uh, a better, improved back, but I think a big time back when he you know went down with a crazy uh, knee infection um i hope he's back this week i think it's important that they have him back i think it makes the running back position that much better and more versatile i feel
1: like brian kelly right now saying you know i'm not really surprised by nature because really should we be surprised we 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 talked about defar armstrong all year no no, i know all year
0: we talked about these guys but he was a wide he was a wide receiver i mean you know he's done a very good job he's become he became a better in game has he missed four games Yes, he's missed four games. He's missed three games. Yeah, he's missed the last three games. Yeah, okay, the last three games. Uh, He was a better. So in game four, he was a much better running back than he was in game one. Yeah, week four. And he scored two touchdowns in game one. I I mean, just the ability to break down and make that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, just the way he plays the position, he's a lot more confident than he was. Surprised defensively. That's where I would go, Jalen Elliott, Um, because
2: I I didn't really know what. The future held for him. You know, is he going to get beat out by yeah. Houston Griffith? Is he going to start? Is he going to rotate? He never comes off the field. Uh, and he's not somebody that I look at. I mean, if I was an offense, would I try to target him in the passing game? Yes, absolutely. That's different, though. Because yeah. you got to go at somebody. <laughs> right. But that's different from. He's in the game. I am going to throw at him until they take him out.
1: Like Dante Vaughn less. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That
2: was like a weak <laughs> spot. Jalen Ellie is not a weak spot in Notre Dame's defense anymore. And there were times last year against the pass and against the run where I felt like he was. So he's is he massively improved? Yes. But I think he's more of a surprise to me than a than a most improved. Do I have to take the negative on this one since Pete has set the standard yes. here? With our,
1: uh, I did if not think, important to you. To I did do not that. think the <laughs> <laughs> I did not think the nickel would be good this year once they lost Sean Crawford. But I am surprised that Houston Griffith, until the last game, really, 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 really struggled at nickel. Um, that would oh, be my well, negative surprise. That would be my all negative right, surprise. Right. Uh, positive, I mean, I think I thought Asmar Balal might get benched. And um, to, before the year started, for someone like Shane Simon by this point, and eh, that's not even close. I mean, Esmer Bilal has played fine. Yeah,
0: now he has. And if I, I if I stick to my original definition of surprise, and I can't pick the two guys I, I wrote down, so scrap the original <laughs> definition of it. And Bilal would be right up there with me. I, let me put it this way. Bilal would be the starter on defense that I would choose. That is a surprise to me. Because I was saying that Shane Simon would had a really good chance of unseating him as well, and I was wrong. But the guy that... I mean, I, I am really, really impressed with the way that Kurt Heinisch is playing the nose tackle position. I am very surprised at how we he went from a guy that couldn't get off a block to man, he's difficult to block at the nose tackle position. He, I, I guess, I would you know, belaloo on among the starters and Heinisch among the guys that are coming off the bench. Do you have to throw in something negative now to balance that out, or are we gonna no? <laughs> you know, you know how positive I am about everything, generally speaking. All right, well, we're got, where are we at time wise here? We need to take a real quick look at Navy before we get, and we will have questions on Navy um, in the second segment. But Navy just lost, fourth straight loss, lost, gave up 49 points to Houston, 49 to 36. uh, And the the losing streak, well, first of all, they're two and four. They've beaten, or are they two and five? Two and five. They're two and five. They've beaten Memphis and Lehigh.
1: This is not not the Navy you grew up with. They're going going to be two and eight. (laughs) This is the Navy I grew up with. This is not the yeah. Navy you grew up with. What you do they have? Nurse? What do they
0: have after Notre Dame? Cincinnati and UCF. Yeah, so they're they're in big time trouble. They <laughs> and are they not, have an army at yeah. The end. Yeah, and they, oh geez. Um they are struggling at quarterback now. Malcolm Perry was injured on Saturday and didn't play the last half of the last half plus more than that. Um, so I don't know where they are with him. I, I believe he's back at slot back from what I can gather. So it's Perry would be their quarterback. No, sorry, that's Garrett
2: okay. Lewis would be their quarterback. And Perry is returned to slapback.
0: Okay. Well, but A.B. also is is yeah. playing yeah. receiver for that. I know it? it's
1: strange. That what they have going on there is weird. That they could have just, it seems like, could have kept well, A.B. Perry, as Perry a quarterback. Was injured quarterback. Perry was injured on Saturday. I think what it boils down to is that the Perry experiment in moving him to quarterback to touch the ball more did, not, over. did not work out.
0: Yeah. yeah. So they're in trouble. <laughs> I mean, they're going into you know, yeah, no, or horrible. I should say, they've got Notre Dame right where they want them because That's, these guys are going to look awesome all of a sudden in San Diego. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm That's not That's what you meant, right? I'm not going to get caught in the same, where we thing. want them, yeah. right. no, no, I swear not. I'm not going to get caught the same way I did in saying Pittsburgh's terrible. They yeah. don't have any chance. I mean, but I mean the reality is the <laughs> Navy's really, really struggling. They they lost by four touchdowns to Air Force, which just hasn't happened to them. In, in quite a they're while, way as far out as of
1: character, I, it's a strange thing, right? This is the best we can yeah. Mean, just out of you character. know, they
0: lost a tough game with Temple. No no shame there. Twenty four seventeen and Houston. I mean, Houston's Houston's good. Yeah. Houston is is a, is a solid solid football program. So
1: yeah, they're about to join the top twenty five. Houston.
0: Yeah, the they're league. they're uh, you know Navy is really struggling and they're they're struggling it with the you know the the foundation of what they are and that's the triple option. And then defensively, they're giving, up, they're giving up a ton. So, like I said, they've got Notre Dame right where they want them at. You know, I Notre Dame's not going to underestimate them. Coming off a bye week and, you know, a little bit of extra preparation for them. That was more, it was more mental preparation for the triple option last week than I think it was actual physical.
2: Navy is 115th in yards per play allowed, 6.56, which is basically the same as Wake Forest. So... That's, yeah. I think the any chance of overlooking Navy ended when Notre Dame could barely beat a terrible Navy team last year, too. Right. They were bad last year, too. It is one of those games where I think, like, if it was Wimbush and the offense was inconsistent, like, I don't know, maybe they get in a bad spot, have a couple turnovers. You don't get the ball that much sometimes. If if your quarterback is completing 75% of your passes and you can't defend the pass, well... You should move on down no, right the field. That's
0: exactly it. I wrote a story for this morning, how not to lose to Navy. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, no, that's not, a great not, point. Not, not how to beat them, but yeah. how not to lose. And it, it's, it's pretty general. I mean, obviously, you've got to, you know, you, you want to get a quick start. Yeah, I mean, it's the basic components, I guess, of beating anybody. But Navy being a little bit different, you know, get the quick start like you did when you scored 50 against them in, in 2011 and 2012.
1: Great way not to lose to Navy is when they don't have a good quarterback.
0: Well, in that, uh, he, Navy or Notre Dame? No, no, well, both. Both.
1: But, but, yeah, when Navy has Keenan Reynolds and Ricky Dobbs, it's hard to get there's them off no, the field. There's no
0: doubt. And I think that Ian Book is, I mean, I mean, I, I would like to think that Notre Dame is Ian Book proof, so to speak, uh, going into the Navy game, because he is going to be able to get the football consistently. You want to widen the field against them, right? You want their, yeah. you know, and they do have a couple names on their D-line that going into the season you know, I know I've, the, the, those are pretty good football players, but you get them on the run, and you you widen their defense out, and you consistently put the ball on the perimeter. Whether it's with Dexter Williams, or you're throwing to a wideout, or you're throwing to a tight end, or you're throwing to Jafar Armstrong, it's going to be very, very difficult for Navy to beat Notre Dame.
2: Navy in 2016 when they beat Notre Dame, Navy finished first nationally in third down conversion percentage.
1: Yeah, because their quarterback took the ball and ran forward. They are, now they're
2: for, 63rd. So and they need third down more than they else need to be yeah. top five and yeah. top ten in third down conversion to like uh, operate to be middle of the pack. That's that's awful. No, uh, they're still them. good.
0: They're still good in the red zone. They're right. They were number one going in last week. I don't know what they are now. So when they get down there, it's still really really difficult to stop them. But the third down conversion that you're re- referencing, Pete, is making it difficult for them to get in the red zone. Yeah, it's not a good, not a good situation. Okay, we'll be back with questions. Segment two. Catanzarite Financial Services is a safe harbor providing guidance to clients on anything that affects them
1: financially, including retirement planning, asset management, and estate planning. Catanzarite Financial Services also leads retirement planning classes in South Bend and Elkhart, Indiana. Log on to CatanzariteFinancialServices.com. Welcome back to segment two, Burning Up the Boards. Our first question is from Jamel58. We really haven't seen a ton of two back. With Jafar Armstrong returning, do you expect to see some? With his wide receiver background and Dexter Williams' speed threat, is that part of the offense you can see being expanded?
0: I think it's important that Jafar Armstrong comes back and gives him uh, you know, that tandem with Dexter Williams, with Tony Jones being the third guy. As, as we sit here right now, we're not convinced that Jafar Armstrong will definitely be back for the Navy game. We'll know more. Well, we we anticipate knowing more with Brian Kelly's press conference on Tuesday. We will but then research what we are told
1: yeah on his <laughs> status on Tuesday and get back to you on Friday
0: right so but but point taken i mean moving forward you want you want that you want that receiving threat that Armstrong is now Dexter Williams made a great grab against Pittsburgh but that's not normally his MO and you know it was last year they wanted to run a lot more two back as well with Tony Jones Tony Jones was injured early on i think he tweaked his ankle again at the end of Pittsburgh so i'm not sure where he is exactly and they may you know, they need probably need Jafar Armstrong to be ready for this game. But we'll see. That's kind of been the projection. The last we heard from Brian Kelly of the projection was the day after the Pittsburgh game, and a lot of time has transpired since then.
2: I Yeah, the two-back set for the year 10 carries 34 yards. Um, They've never had the two healthy. That's Yeah, yeah. they just can't. And the, the, it was the issue last year. Um, really, USC, they really hit USC badly with the two-back stuff last year. I, but arm. The two-back set that we saw in camp was always Avery Davis and Jafar Armstrong. Jafar Armstrong's been hurt. Avery Davis is, like, not ready to play right now. So, can it be Tony Jones and Jafar Armstrong? Can it be Jafar Armstrong and Dexter Williams? I don't know. But I think in the last five games, this is a set that, instead of it being a one or two play per game, needs to be a five to ten play per game. I agree, and I doesn't need
1: to be right away because nope. even if armstrong comes back he's not could I be think. zero this weekend it could, it, be it could be nothing this weekend yeah um i just think it needs to be i think to your point pete part of the getting better process in november but they maybe florida state syracuse and usc you have these two guys jafar armstrong especially with with dexter williams and tony jones the backup that may adds another element to the offense that yeah, continues to grow. a
0: little bit of a element of surprise going into november um you do have to take someone out, and their two tight ends are doing well, and their
1: three receivers are doing well. So, yeah. you know, but
0: it's still it's well, another take, package to throw at someone, right? You take the tight, the extra tight end out, obviously. Uh, threat level midnight forty four. How important is it for Notre Dame to win convincingly from here on out? We've had some close wins against lesser opponents. Will that hurt us? And do we need to start winning big in all our remaining games to remain in the top four? Pete and
1: I had a conversation pre-podcast, and so we we're talking about Clemson and Notre Dame. You made a good point by saying if Notre Dame keeps looking like Pittsburgh-Notre Dame, that's a major problem for any comparative system going that's, forward.
2: That's where the, the really horrible, often wretched scenario pops up where Notre Dame somehow gets left out at 12-0, is if they keep winning the Pittsburgh game for the next five games. I don't think that's going to happen. But to answer the question, it's a, it is quite important.
1: Uh, yeah, they might have they che- don't need to win them all,
2: like, lo- going away, like right. Wake Forest, you could, but they
1: got to win some of you them. You could probably afford two where you don't look awesome. Maybe uh, that would be it.
2: Yeah, I you think... Need, as long as you make... You, and at the end of the year, if you just... Notre Dame, I think, will probably be evaluated the, NCAA, the way NCAA tournament teams are evaluated with, like, as if Ian Book was injured for the first three games and they sort of discard mm-hmm. those, but, like, don't discount the fact you beat Michigan. But if... The last uh, what eight nine games are Pittsburgh is the exception rather than the rule. Then I think that you're fine. If oh, you're if you have a bunch fine, of yeah. Pittsburghs, then like eh, then you sort of crack the door a little. Yeah, bit. if you have four Pittsburghs in these last five, you're going to look. I don't. I, I don't want to watch four more Pittsburghs. Right. I, I no. think there could
0: be. Oh, good lord. No, and and we're also taking we're taking into account that, and this will be part of our last question that. You know there are a couple undefeated teams and four or five one lost teams yeah, at the theater which so. which isn't going to happen, but there is a scenario of course where where that could could possibly come into play but i I, I wouldn't you know the the last thing Nordam fans need to be worrying about is whether Nordem goes twelve 0 and doesn't make the playoffs they need to be navy. Yeah, I realize we don't have none of us have any can, control, so you can worry about whatever the hell you want to worry about. I guess, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about being I, twelve and, 0 and being left yeah, out. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lose any sleep over that. Okay, at uh, from Twitter at Iglesfan36 for all the praise at Ian Books of com- uh, for all the praise toward Ian Books completion percentage, there should be a disclaimer that he never throws the ball away and often runs for a loss or no gain when he should throw it away. But he's still doing a great job. Do you agree? <laughs> I yes, guess he's doing a great job. Sure, yes. that's true. He, does, he does. on all
1: points. <laughs> he does. There have been at least two times this year. Like, why did he just throw it away <laughs> when he was running? At, but, I, yeah. I would say
0: it's been more than that. Yeah. But there have also yeah. been times where he probably should have thrown away. And he gained four yards, and it was second and six. So, but we don't ever th- we don't say, "Wow, he should have thrown that away." Oh, he gained four yards. It's okay. I mean, I think the point the point the is taken. Fine, there yeah. have been, yeah, that he's not perfect. He's. He, he's not perfect, but he's he's placed them among the top three in the nation with the whole package of work. I think uh, this it sort of reminds me of Colorado. I do It's like Steven Montez was
2: leading the nation in completion percentage before Book was yeah. sort of eligible, and then they went to USC, and I, that was probably the first time I actually watched Colorado. And I'm like, this guy can barely play. So all his passes were like two yards, three yards, two yards. Sack! Don't throw it away. Sack! Don't throw it away. Scramble. Loss of five. Uh, it would. So that that point, you know, if Ian Book was completing seventy-five percent of his passes, or he's completing seventy percent of his passes, but with like a dozen throwaways, it would make no difference to me. Um, even though his completion
0: no. percentage would be, a, a yeah, few I mean, there, down. there certainly there are places he should throw the football away. I, I know one guy that's not leading the nation in in completion percentage. You know who that is? Brian Lewerke. I was going to say, that was offensive. Brian Lewerke is definitely... (laughs) What was he, 5 for 25 against Michigan?
1: It was. So, it's funny you bring that up, because on the way in, I was listening to ESPN Radio, actually, with the Dan Levitard show, and they did a good job of not naming him, because they just destroyed the Michigan State quarterback they kept calling him. It seems so easy compared for everybody else compared to you. (laughs) It's just like, what is wrong with him? It is amazing. That game... Was hard to watch. Well, and I mean, it's not.
0: And it's not all on Lewerke. I no. mean, the receivers were blanketed. They did not get open.
2: Yeah, he I, didn't have he a lot injured. of options. Like, yeah, it was, it was. There was a. <laughs> it was. I guess out, unfortunately, you know? it was the reason why we don't talk to assistants. Because sometimes the head coach says my quarterback didn't practice all week, and then you talk to the offensive coordinator a minute later, and he says he did practice all week, and then you're like, you guys don't know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> it, it was bad. That was, that, was, yeah. that was
2: quite thick. <laughs> Irish Man One Hundred One. Do you see a role for Brandon Wimbush in the offense for the rest of the season?
0: I thought I had a bit of information that he was going to see action, whether it was in a Wildcat situation or with both him and Book on the, before Pittsburgh. It didn't happen, maybe because of the the nature of the game. It isn't anything that we should be holding our breath about. I, I, there's so many other things. This offense is so diverse now with Jafar Armstrong, if not coming back this week, next week. There's so many things that you can do. I mean, I wouldn't even worry about it. I don't anticipate him having a role. Does he get a carry here or there? Maybe, but I don't think it's significant. So, it's, I mean,
1: the only role is no one's thinking about their moving to another position, right? This is Wildcat quarterback in the red zone or something. It would be overthinking it, right? I mean they brought an Ian Book in the red zone to replace him. So Yeah, and if so.
0: you're going to if you're going to hand it to him, you might as well just snap it to him.
1: Yeah, I would never hand it to him. <laughs> I would snap oh yeah, if he if he has a role. If if Ian Book hurts his hand and can kinda of play and kinda of not play, and you need Brandon Wimbush to help you, he would be the quarterback. I mean he's not you know, he his role is a backup quarterback to Ian Book and if right. I don't know why he would do the Wildcat. The Wildcat's not usually that's why it was so frustrating. against Pittsburgh. The Wildcat usually doesn't work anymore. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, they, I mean, there's a different look for a certain team. I don't know that you're, you'd really be overthinking stuff the way Ian Book can operate down there.
2: Yes, so I I do not. I don't I don't see what the role would be unless there's a game where there's you're running 120 snaps and you're like, hey, let's change it up. Um, I would stick with the quarterback who's top 10 in passing efficiency and yes. number one in completion percentage. Yeah, he and, he and was playing he
0: looked, he was. He was playing in the blue zone anyway. When he wasn't the starting quarterback, right? He was
1: the guy that came in. Right. Um, I mean, because book looked, you know, for the first half, he wasn't. He looked flustered against Pitt, and they never considered changing. So what's the? He's not like coming in to replace him. He was running around looking at the pass rush instead of yeah. they're on the football, right? Yeah.
0: Brian seven thirty nine. I agree with comments that the current offensive line with the loss of Alex Bars will cost Notre Dame a regular season game. I realize this is wishful thinking. But any hope that Aaron Banks or Josh Lugg or perhaps both might step into starting roles at guard and provide a major boost, particularly to the running game,
2: I think Banks is going to start at left guard against Navy, and I am quite certain that that will occur. And then Ruland will compete with Kramer at right guard, and that's that's what they're going to be. That they'll try to roll with that the rest of the season. Is that going to be a major boost? I I don't know, but they're going to try it.
0: We talked about it on Monday, Pete. I mean, I, I liked the little bit of what I saw Aaron Banks uh, against Pittsburgh. I think he's, for a big dude, he is light on his feet. He changes directions. He stays on his feet. Now, that's a really, really small sample size because it's just a couple series. He needs a big sample size to get better, too. He does. I mean, he does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I you know, I'm all for that. Um I, I well, the one thing I'm definitely all for is Tommy Kramer getting competition a right guard, and I don't see. Miss beat surprise over here. No, I, no, <laughs> I mean I I heard it. No, I get it. No, I mean uh, his most his biggest surprise <laughs> of the season. We're back. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I mean, I think Rulin's too much of a technician to take off the field with Alex Barr's hurt. So moving, I'm, so I'm moving saying, to right guard, I'm you're saying? saying he's
2: not coming off the yeah, field. Yeah, he's what, moving to right guard. I, I thought you too. said he.
0: I thought he was competing with. I thought he would compete with. Which means he'll be. Tommy playing Kramer. more. Okay, all right, like, great. He'll be playing some. Great. Will be playing no, some, love it. Or was playing better? Place. Love it, and that is a. I don't know if it's as gutsy of a move as moving no, in the starting it's, it's, it's lineup, not. but it is. But you are. It's no, of it's course not. not. Well, right, let me move to the edge of my
2: seat before answer not. the okay. question. But
0: it's seven, but still at seven and zero. Oh, I mean, making you're making two changes.
2: I, th- I think there are a couple things that Notre Dame could do to enhance its prospects to finish twelve and zero oh in the lineups. Banks starting and rule and moving would be my number one thing, and working Julian Love and Nickel would be my number two yeah I like the you know the only with qu- Bracy
0: at corner Yes. right yes. Okay. at
2: least trying it I'm so, not saying I'm not saying i because I, I agree I think what you what you said earlier Malley that you Gr- said Griffith actually played pretty well against Pittsburgh yeah. but I think Tariq first- Bracy also played really well he's one for one playing really well and we know Julian Love is excellent wherever you play him yeah and nickel back is probably where the position that can be upgraded the most. But that is also it, that does definitely rely on Troy Pride being healthy.
0: So who plays the For boundary? Sure. Okay. Who plays the boundary between Pride and Bracy if loves a nickel? Probably Bracy
1: because Pride is so firmly entrenched at knowing the field. And Bracy, I'm sure in August just played both trying to get him out there. I bet you Pride hasn't taken many boundary snaps in a long time. Wouldn't Probably not. You know. You, you know what I mean. Like no, Why, know, would, he, why I, would he rep it as much? No, just, I get you.
0: I get you. But I, you know, I think it is. It is a bit of concern that, I mean, Bracy is 170 pounds and he yeah. is not strong. He just the, what he brought in
1: terms of competitiveness over Vaughn was uh, no
0: no doubt. I'm not questioning whether he should play ahead of Vaughn. That, that's yeah, not my I, I point. I can't.
1: It's shocking though that we can't. You can't say your junior that has started games, albeit two years ago, cannot over the course of these two weeks recover from that game. Now I know Brian Kelly said we're not giving up on Dante Vaughn and that's what he had to say cuz they don't have Nick Watkins or Sean Crawford. But I can't believe knowing he was starting all week. Dante Vaughn knew he was starting the entire week. We we knew Troy Pride was sure. not going to play that he played that poorly. In terms of effort, in terms of effort too. Yeah, it was just. Well, yeah, he got fru- he,
0: he got frustrated, you know. And then when when guy, you give right? up, man, when you you know, you just never see that. Never. When Never. Guy just yeah. emotionally. I mean, I think I I think I said I think I wrote it in the tail tape. I literally saw his shoulder slump. Yeah. And then he gave up on the play. It's like, man, dude, you cannot you do can, that. You
2: can slump after the play; it's human nature. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> just but, on the topic of, of the nickel, close, like we're not talking about a whole lot of snaps here, like. The last three games, Griffiths has played 10, 19, and 14 snaps. So maybe you split it up. Maybe, maybe there's a series where, like, yeah. all right, Bracey, you're, right. you're the boundary and Julian, you're the nickel. Next series, Houston, you're the nickel, Julian, go yeah. back to boxing. Well, Bracey
0: certainly has certainly did enough against Pittsburgh to warrant another look. You know,
1: Syracuse is the game where you might need to roll this out. Yeah, because none of this matters this weekend. No, the, yeah, there's no nickel involved true. in the situation. True. And, true.
0: true, CMU Pence fan, down as down as Navy is this season. Would the way Notre Dame played against Wake Forest on offense be a fair comparison of what to expect from the Irish if all things are clicking?
2: Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, because their, their defenses <laughs> are quite similar in the amount of yards they give up per play. They're both terrible. So, I I mean, this is a game that Notre Dame, if they're sharp, just should be after a bye, should score 48 points. Yeah. The, the only difference is they won't get as many possessions as they did against Wake, who was dying
1: to give the ball back to Notre Dame by yeah. going as fast as they could. That that does change things just a no, little.
0: No doubt Like, about that
1: it. over was the all-time cemented over <laughs> in the history of Notre Dame yeah. games. They are going to go over that. You don't do that with Navy, because you... six two thousand sixteen. we should not use as a comparison to this team, but Pete just looked it up. It was six possessions, which is yeah. just ridiculous. Navy's offense was different, too. But even last year, when Notre Dame had a great offense, and I know they had a struggling win, butch at this point, or a shell-shocked one... They couldn't get the ball enough, you know, and that Navy, no. Navy will play a little better against Notre Dame than they have. I just don't think Notre Dame's going to get the. How many possessions they have against Wake? It just seemed to like they had the ball the whole time. 27. Yeah, I they know. did. It was like, <laughs> they scored. Well, they only got eight touchdowns out of those. So no, yeah. but it was. They, they, they just kept getting the ball. So
0: that's the only difference. But boy, Navy's defense is not prepared for what yeah. Notre Dame has. At Sarge 103, will the Notre Dame defense have any major changes for Navy, like Julian Love at safety, which we've seen in the past, a 3 4 front? Or will Clark Lee play base? I like what Pete said a couple
1: of weeks ago, that uh, they have a guy named Elohi Gilman who could play safety <laughs> against his former team and understand exactly yeah. what he's
2: defending. So yeah. he
1: should play there. Yeah, we know, we know he's not coming off the
2: field. <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> so just keep right. love at a corner in this game.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe you know, the, the whole nickel aspect of it, if you look at your nickel as more of like your base defense... Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's yeah, a I mean, They're not going to run
0: regular base defense. No. No, of course. No, no.
2: No, I th- I think this popped into my head that maybe this would be an opportunity to, you know, have you been working Bracey, Shane Simon, um guys who have uh, you know, Adam Malola's, guys who have barely played could you have sort of had them working against the option all year? because you no, knew you good. weren't going to use them on a yeah. regular basis. You're one, saying
1: if they did that, not like they could start doing that now. And no, hope, and I'm saying it
2: works this out. is a yeah. decision. If you made this decision on August 12th, right, right. then I, w- I wonder if that might be a change, but I, I think that's probably overthinking on the, my part. The,
0: the one guy that I know will be in the lineup for Notre Dame defensively, because he, he's always in the lineup for Notre Dame against Navy is Greer Martini. He'll definitely <laughs> be on the field. Yeah. What?
2: Yeah. He won't? You can take him off the practice squad from the Packers.
0: What? He always plays yeah. against Navy. He plays well against Navy, oh. Yeah. too. Oh, he's go- oh, that's right. Someone he's has gone. to
2: replace those 72 tackles.
1: <laughs> he looked like Luke Keekley against yeah. Navy out there. He was awesome. Uh, from Twitter, at Sarge103. Oh, that was it. We just had that one. Bad bad reading on my part. Blue Chip Man.
2: Does a one-loss Michigan get in the playoff over a one-loss Notre Dame? Only in those the doomsday scenario of like Pittsburgh on infinite repeat, and then Michigan, the way they played against Wisconsin, and to a lesser extent Michigan State, if they play that way for another five games, including against Ohio State,
1: I say they would definitively get in over Notre Dame if they beat Ohio State and win the Big Ten championship game at Notre Dame. Yeah, and and I, I, you know,
0: so. Oh, one one loss. I'm yeah, 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 one loss. Yeah, one yeah, loss. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah.
1: they're not going to get over undefeated Notre Dame. I don't think no matter what. Probably not. no. It's yeah, a, yeah. it's it's they a hard question. The answer loss.
0: is that yeah, 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 yeah. They probably do, and I you know, and I realize that Notre Dame fans will cry foul to that, and I and I get it, but you can, Notre Dame can't lose. They're in a situation where they should beat their five remaining teams. I'm not look. I'm not saying Blue Chip Man is whining about this. But I know that a lot of Notre Dame fans would be very upset about this, and that's, look, that you have it's right there in front of you, man. It's right there in front of you. Notre Dame won't be number five with one loss.
1: No. So they're going to get in over them because Michigan with one loss will be number three.
0: Yeah, nor nor should they be number five. Right. You need, Notre Dame is in a situation, and 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 my point of all this is, and again, I'm not saying blue chip man is whining about this, but if the situation, if Notre Dame in, in Michigan were completely reversed, and Michigan won the first game at home, and Notre Dame played Michigan's schedule and got through it, winning their last eleven.
1: In a conference, in a conference
0: game. championship game, if Notre Dame was in the same situation, they would get in, and Michigan wouldn't. Right. It, it's just the committee is not going to be biased against Notre Dame. I, I, is the is the AP poll biased against Notre Dame? In some instances, yeah, with certain guys, the coaches pulls bias against whatever they want to be biased. Sure, against. but coaches poll, certain. Sure. Yeah. You can do anything you want. You're seven and zero. Oh, you're playing five teams that you should beat. Four of them are away from home, which is hard for Notre Dame. They need to win them. That's it. The final coaches' poll
1: is totally relevant now, of course. But do you like do you see what some of the when they reveal those votes, what those guys do at the end of the year? Like if you're going against, if it's between Oklahoma and Notre Dame for the fourth spot stoops will rank oklahoma ninth instead of fifth because it hurts their votes like that is what that's what like brian kelly will say all year long Mm. i don't know where we are one of the best teams we'll see what happens i guarantee you on the last poll he would rate them number one at undefeated over alabama (laughs) yeah i mean you should you should so that's what i'm saying
2: some impact because
1: you're it's your bias of course the coaches poll should have never existed (laughs) it's just ridiculous
0: well, and that's why a lot of that's right, why right. a lot of coaches really, really rely on their support staff. They can't watch the games. Pri- we can't watch right. the games. How- <laughs>
2: how their support they? staff also are employed by those universities. Yeah. Like, I,
0: I there is bias for that. I agree yeah. on, the, on the coaches' poll. There's right. been bias. It doesn't make forever. a lot of sense to me, but it doesn't really matter anymore. No. So, that's which, by the way, before we get to our last question, how sweet was it watching college football this weekend, man? It was nice. I'm going to go
1: on a long tangent if we get involved in this Purdue thing about 14 playoffs versus 18 playoffs, so we'll save that for a different day.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, our last question is from Baker 317 and this is directed at uh, Samson because he tweeted this out the other day. Answer your own question. Who gets into the playoffs if Alabama's 12-1, and 1, Notre Dame is 12-0, Michigan is 12-1, Clemson is 13-0, Oklahoma – or Texas is twelve and one. I'm, I'm adding to that, and Georgia or LSU is twelve and one, or just Georgia. Just Georgia, yeah, because yes, yes. okay, yeah, because so, Pete, explained why just Georgia.
2: Yeah, so Georgia is twelve and one because they run the table and beat Alabama in the SEC championship right. game, undefeated. Which Alabama. is how Alabama gets to twelve and one because that's that's the only way both can be twelve and one. I can give you the fourteen playoff. Okay, Georgia. Georgia's the new number one seed.
1: Georgia's the new number one seed by beating undefeated Alabama. I don't know if they drop Alabama to two, three, or four, but they do not drop them to five. And Notre Dame and Clemson, undefeated, are getting in for sure over Michigan and Oklahoma. I I agree with that scenario. I don't know where they drop Alabama, but Alabama, with one loss
0: to Georgia, is getting in. They will have beaten LSU too. As they should, because they're the best team in the country every year and the and the, well and this year is they are uh, one of the best efforts this
1: year. If you figure Notre Dame beat Michigan, uh LSU beat Georgia, Florida beat LSU, those are three of the top wins mm-hmm. in college football. You might be able to say A&M staying within 22 of Alabama was next. That's how good Alabama is right now. <laughs> because <laughs> when you look up and say, "Well, they're hanging in there and it's three touchdowns." Yeah, they're in a different
2: world. <laughs> yeah, because Clemson went to a And M and won by two. Yeah. All right. So answer your own um, I If if this was the scenario, I agree. I think I would have. Well, you actually know, I'd probably put Clemson one. Okay, that's fair too. Of course, they're defeated. Yeah. I put Clemson one, Notre Dame two, Georgia three, Alabama four. Good job, by the way, to get the possible second game for right. us to, to cover. That's Although nice I, I almost feel like it would be a disservice to everyone that Alabama comes in would be a semi final like the like last year. It's almost like that should be preserved as a potential Ooh, boy.
0: final. Now how how yeah that's a that's a good point well, last because year how much does the committee and, yeah. does the committee keep that take that in Probably mind or they? Not. That, I would just be bummed. Yeah, but we want Notre Dame to be a two or three yeah, seed because I'd, it sends them to Miami. Yeah, yeah, let me clarify. As I'd opposed be bummed them, as like that's a final I'd really like to see. Right.
2: But Notre Dame going to Miami would be.
0: One versus four goes to Dallas. Two versus.
2: It's the the closest campus to the number one seed. Which is all these teams. Is the site. Which is all these teams. Yeah, I believe even Clemson is closer to Dallas than Miami. Alabama is obviously. Right. Notre 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 Dame the same way. Georgia the same way. So Dallas will almost certainly host
0: the number one seed. Okay. And the only thing that really matters right now is that. Notre Dame is eight 0 after going to San Diego to play Navy and comes away as healthy as they possibly can.
2: Well maybe uh, maybe you go Clemson one, Notre Dame two, Alabama three, and uh I like Georgia four, and then you'd have a Alabama Notre Dame rematch in Miami. How about that? No. How about Notre Dame's four? Yeah, how play somebody else. <laughs> how about
1: Tim's <laughs> like, let's talk more about the <laughs> Navy say, game. How about
0: yeah. How about uh Notre Dame gets help from somebody yeah. else beating Alabama? <laughs> How about Notre being 8-0 and coming away relatively injury-free from San Diego? We will be back on Wednesday, October 24th, for our podcast. Now, when Jack Freeman intends to place that on our website... Well, I think I'm it's going to the, probably, yeah, have to be uh, Wednesday now. will have We're forcing your hand there, Jack. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back Wednesday. And uh, as always, on Wednesday morning, you'll see a tweet out from Irish Illustrated asking for your questions. So this has been the latest update. And the latest podcast, Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by Catandri Financial Services. Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast.
1: If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com slash support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics.